Call is now being recorded. We are SC Recruiting Podcast. Gary Pasquitz, uh, joined as always by Randy Taylor from National Preps. And, uh, Randy, we were getting started talking about, uh, how this is such a fun time for, uh, for football fans. You know, championship weekends, hitting into the heart of recruiting. Uh, and so let's, uh, let's kind of hit at the top with SC, uh, playing on Friday in the Pac-12 title game. And the opportunity for Clay Helton and the Trojans, when you when you're looking at your second year, the opportunity to win a Pac-12 title, um, and the statement that that can make for Coach Helton uh, in the recruiting world, how big do you see that possibility being for his program right now? Well, I think for Clay and his staff, it's a huge deal. You know, second year in, and, and this is where they are, and so that's a big deal. I think for SC. Uh, it's a good and bad, you know, they, uh, are expected to be in these kind of games because of their traditions. And other teams have such lower expectations of if we get to this game, man, would that be cool. And mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of a, of a, a, there's never a minus, but there's a plus and a plus plus. And so I, I just think that, uh, being there is where everyone expects SC to be. Uh, and, and also to win and, and do those kind of things. So the impact, in my opinion, is so much different than it, than it might be for, uh, Washington State or Arizona State. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that, so, uh, but, but without taking any, anything away, you can't do that. But, you know, does that make sense? I just, I think SC is SC. And they're expected to be there in their tradition and all that kind of stuff. But it gives them another game to show, uh, you know, show their colors, show who they are, compete. And, and, uh, you know, winning is really, really important because they need to be the dominant team in the conference. Uh, and, and then go and win their bowl game. You and I were kind of talking. People are predicting them to play Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Or somewhere, which would be really cool for us old-fashioned Pac-12 sure. Big Ten guys. So there's no doubt about that. But I, I think yeah. the one thing you kind of talked about it being the tradition of SC, and they're expected to be there. But 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 Randy, what what is first and foremost in my mind is I am not taking for granted the fact that it's been ten years since we won a big, uh, you know, conference championship since 2008. Let's take care yeah. of that. Take yeah. care of that on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, no question. And, and see, the thing that I think is the the, the people who don't follow it like you uh, have a little bit different feel about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so for those recruits that they may, they, they're in on that are uh, maybe in, in, you know, another one in St. Louis or wherever the heck they might be, uh, their thought of USC is this dominant program. They, they don't, I don't think a lot of people have outside of this world we're in don't have that that feeling. I guess that's kind of my point. But that all being said, Clay in his second year to win the whole thing uh, is really special, and, and it'll it's going to be great for them and great for their enthusiasm going out on the road, great for their recruiting uh, after the game and all that stuff. So it's it's a it's tremendous for them, and uh, I, I really think it's great for those kids and and for Helm and the staff. 
And, and you mentioned once the game is over, you're going to get back into recruiting. I, I want to hit really quick on this early signing period coming up because this is this is part of what we were talking about six months ago when this was put into place. This new timing and how it was going to work, and you're, you're you're getting ready for a bowl game in December, and then all of a sudden here's this signing period. And USC is a perfect example this year. You're playing up and through this weekend, and then all of a sudden, boom! You're going to find out a bowl destination. You got a plan for this. This is really coming down the pipe right here. So can we review for everybody really quick just what this early signing period is, when it's happening, and, 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 and what you see this playing out? You got it. So the, the uh, NCAA approved the early signing, which is a, a signing. It's about a 72-hour period. It starts December 20th and ends December 22nd. And, and interestingly, right after that will be a dead period. So uh, it, it kind of... You got to get it done, and then you're the Christmas and the the, the, the New Year's, and then the uh, AFCA convention kind of take up another several weeks. So it's such a uh, fast-moving, action-packed time, uh, and, and this is also uh, the start of the mid-year JC sign is December twentieth. Mm-hmm. They go to January fifteenth on that. Uh, but what this does is this helps solve a lot of the early enrollee issues, you know, so, so some of those kids like the, the Dietrich, the kid that, you know, is going to come early and all those other kids, they'll sign the national letter of intent now. You know, that, okay. that's the difference. So they're not going to have any issue between now and January or, or when school starts. They've already signed a letter of intent, just like the junior college kids do. And so that takes away a lot of that. Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting is is the official visits, even though they, they always have started traditionally the first day of the senior year, you could take an official visit where the college pays for the visit. Next uh-huh. year, uh, 2018, they're most likely they're voting on it, is going to be in April. So April to June, you're going to be able to bring in players for – because of this early signing and everything, for official visits. And and what that does is, like, you think of the, the cold weather schools, that that April is pretty nice, uh, April and May in, in, in Michigan or Wisconsin sure, or, or sure. Where, you know what I mean? South so, is a lot nicer in May than in December. <laughs> no question. And so that's a huge uh, benefit, I think, to those guys. Uh, but yeah, they do sign the national letter of intent. Uh, there's still the, uh, the regular national letter of intent is always the first Wednesday of February this year. It's mm-hmm. February 7th. And that's a signing period. We say signing day. And that goes all the sure. way to April 1st. And so it really is, uh, mixes things up a lot, uh, for fans. You know, the, the hat, throwing off the hat and putting the other hat on. We're going to get two of those unbelievably great days, which I'm being a little sarcastic. Uh but so, you know, that that's that's what we got to look forward to. You know, and I'm thinking about this from the college coaches perspective. You know, if a kid if a kid signs, you got him. Right? He's done. And, and, but if he doesn't sign, you know which players aren't serious or, or are still available. You know, and so if a kid doesn't, if a committed kid doesn't sign with me, in my opinion, that's the the door is wide open again. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've got a commitment mm-hmm. and I've already accepted a commitment, but he doesn't sign, I may go out and find a better player. 
And you know, I, I, so I think, there's, I there's those, that. those unknowns are going to be fascinating, Randy. Yeah. And, and I, so, yeah, it really is, uh, could be, uh, a kind of a wild, wild west. And, and I, I mentioned this before. I've talked to some players who don't want to sign because they still would like to take a couple of trips and get a plane flight in that, which I hate, but, but it is what it is. And so, uh, it's, it really will be interesting from the, the player side of it. Um, you know, you, if you know, then sign. Sure. You know, if you don't know, don't sign. Uh, but again, we just keep getting further and further away from the definition of the word commitment. So, uh, no signing it, signing is the key. And, and, and we've talked about this before. I, I, I like the idea of the early signing period. I, I love the spring spring visits. Yeah. yeah. The ability to spring do that. Those. I, I, yeah, I, I think I don't like the thought of, if I'm a high school coach especially, I don't want yeah. my kid taking visits during the season. You're focused no, on our team. Yeah, that's no that's just flying around. You're doing this and that. No, no doubt about it. So do it in, do it in that time period. I, I In theory, I think it's great. I, I, I wish this – early signing period would be before the season, but that's just a personal opinion. Yeah, um, me too. And the high school coaches that I've talked to convinced me that that kids would probably, if they've signed before their season, may uh, may not have the same uh, interest and motivation to play as well as they could possibly. You know what I mean? They could, they could take I, I some plays it. off. And so I, I, I get it. And how far are we from a, a kid sitting out his senior year if he's already signed? Yeah, um, like yeah, no question. Just like some of those, yeah, just like some of those kids that sit out uh, bowl games. Bowl games, right? Yeah. Well, same, let, let, let me ask you this, and, and, we, and we had talked about it uh, when the rule first came out, but I think we're starting to see it uh, in practice. And you had brought this up: the fact that this early signing period could entice athletic directors, if they're going to make a move at the, at the coaching position, to do it earlier. Yeah, I don't think there's any question we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, some big time movement, uh, around the country and, 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 and let, let, let's hit on the one across town right now because there's a lot of interest in Chip Kelly coming back to the Pac-12 and he's over at UCLA. Um, you've spent time in that football program as a recruiting coordinator. How do you see that splash coming out? Specifically, you, you talked at the beginning of this thing when we were getting ready. Some of the 2018 kids who could be taking a look now at UCLA that weren't really doing it before or not as strong as before. Yeah, One of the benefits of being a, a new coach at this time, just being hired, is no prospect is off limits. I would, it doesn't matter if a kid has been committed since his sophomore year, I'm going to go call him if I think he could help us. Uh, and so I think that's something that you jump on. That's one of the benefits. I think, uh, with, with Chip's success, his name, uh, success at Oregon, the offense that he ran, uh, it is so enticing to skilled players and athletes. Uh, and I, so I think that's a huge deal for, some of these kids. I guarantee you, when they heard Chip Kelly's name, regardless of who they were committed to, they're thinking, man, what I'd love to be in that office. You know, you know, so all of that stuff is great. You know, and he's always had great defenses in Oregon. Not, not great necessarily, but really fast and really athletic. And so if he brings both of those concepts with him, uh, which I would expect, it, it, it makes the, uh, fun quotient Really high, 
to, to be at a school like that. And, and it's UCLA and it's right in LA and it's, you know, it's got all that, all that other stuff to go with it. The other thing I think what it allows him to do and what I think, uh, UCLA should be more than they have been is a national recruiting uh, program. You know, they, they have name recognition, whether it's basketball or football or whatever it is uh, around the country. Uh, Chip has done great things with Oregon. They did, you know, and it might be because of the uniforms or whatever it was. Uh, they, they might have, uh, uh, been able to recruit nationally to Oregon. I think you can recruit nationally to UCLA. Now, they're now an Under Armour school. Will, uh, will Kevin Plank, uh, from Under Armour make a decision that, uh, UCLA is going to have a hundred different uniform options? So well, are, are they not, stuff. did Under Armour not make them the highest collegiate deal? Yes, they, yes, and they so did. I doubt he's going to do that and leave them high and dry. <laughs> That's you would sure. think. <laughs> you would think. And so kids love uniforms. They love the, the bling and all the swag and all the other stuff. So I think we already saw that, that a little bit up. this weekend. Yeah, uh, Bookie Radley Hiles was on an official visit there, and he's tweeting out pictures of himself in, in the new uniform. So I, I, I – like very similar parallel there to Nike in the uniform deal at Oregon with Under Armour now in that regard. So yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. And your opinion on this is an educated one. I think when you were at UCLA, it's probably the period that I've seen in my lifetime where UCLA rose their recruiting game as much as I've seen um, to, to challenge SC for, for in Los Angeles. That was probably the height of it. Uh, that we've yeah. seen is what you guys did there in the late 90s. And so I think it's going to be real interesting to see, oh, okay, USC, you've had your run, and Clay Helton certainly is uh, what he's proven in his two years and his recruiting chops uh, speaks for itself. Uh, yeah, the competition for recruiting is going to be fun to watch. The, uh, you know, my philosophy always in recruiting has been to be active, aggressive, and creative, and I and – I, I see that in what SC does, and I, I have seen that with what Chip Kelly does. And if he hires some of, you know, he may hire some of those guys from Oregon who are are still around. Uh, if if you know, depending on how the things Steve are Ray going, the of the world, yeah. Well, the, who's at Cal and and like Donnie Pelham, who's uh, sure. not coaching this year, and and uh, Helfrich, who's not coaching this year, is you know doing some TV stuff. You know, there's some great, and there's some great coaches out there. He doesn't have to bring on Oregon staff, obviously. He's going to want to have guys from, from all over that, uh, where he would like to recruit to. And so, uh, it, it'll be interesting, but there's a comfort level with a lot of those guys that he had and they understand how he runs things. So all of that is a, is a plus, but, uh, it'll be I'll fun. They, they, yeah, the, 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 uh, the idea of, uh, I remember when when I was at UCLA and and we'd be on official visits and we would end up uh, a couple times we ended up at the House of Blues and and, and Coach Orgeron is is uh, pulling his group in there too so it was always kind of fun to to have this cross down recruiting rivalry as well and I'm not sure how good it's been recently I think SU's had and, and that's the point Jay, it's interesting you say that Jay, uh, JJ and I were talking. And he said, he goes, the, the, when the rivalry is at its best is when there are 15 to 20 recruits each year who are choosing between the two schools. He goes, no. right now there's two or three. Yeah, I think you're right. That's, there's no question. I think that the kids that UCLA is getting 
uh, are that are I mean they're taking our kids they can get as opposed to kids they will they will go get I don't know if that makes any sense but you know they're gonna this group I think will go get them and right. and, and and bring them in and, and so and you know but who knows it, it's really gonna be fun to watch and and uh, I've I've seen both sides and and uh, I work with and for both sides now in in, in evaluating so. Uh, it really is a lot of fun to be in LA at this time of year and, and with these two programs, uh, in their, in the state that they are and, and we'll see what happens. So be fun. Well, well, what, well, one of the, one of the games that both coaches from both schools are going to be paying attention to is going to be played Saturday mm-hmm. night and that's modern day St. John Bosco. Uh, we yeah. saw this coming. It's no surprise that these two teams are, are, are in the finals. Um, what do you see in this game? Who who might be someone that jumps out? We have so many names that we know, uh, big time guys. But what do you what do you see in right now for this game? Well, you know, I went through and you had mentioned you wanted to talk about this, and I went through and I looked at some stats and and kind of looked at the two teams and and how close these two programs are for this season is remarkable. So rushing yards, modern day is twenty one or two thousand one thirty. Uh, Bosco is 2,359. Passing yards, modern day, 3,698. Bosco, 3,686 passing yards. Total yards, modern day, 5,828. Bosco, 6,045. And so they're so close on a lot of different categories. So the thing that, that I think separates them, I was looking at, at some of the intangibles, you know, sacks, for example, modern day is 48 on the year. Bosco has 12 and a half. And so that's a huge difference, right? Uh, the kicking game, I think, will be, will be really, uh, huge. Uh, field goals, you know, uh, uh, there, Bosco's two for six, long of 27, uh, modern day, seven of nine, long of 40. You know, so you go through all of these numbers and I think they start to tell a tale. Then I think, to me, it's always the quarterback. Uh, almost always the quarterback. And, and so it's not a senior quarterback this year. It's a veteran elite quarterback against a young elite quarterback. And DJ is, is a tremendous talent. And, and you had kind of mentioned, will he be the, could that be the USC, the next couple of, of recruiting classes? And, and, and it could be, uh, you know, but he's a really, really talented kid. So then I looked at, some other things. The revenge factor on the side of Bosco, right? They got beat this year. Confidence factor on the side of Modern Day. Uh, I, I think one of the things, the other thing Modern Day has, I think they play all year as a team. Seven on seven. They they don't go, their kids don't play on other teams. They don't go mm-hmm. to their own communities. And so I, that to me, their linemen work together all summer. To me, that's a huge, huge factor. Uh, then I started to look at, okay, so how many Division One kids have, have, uh, we rated at modern day? And there's about 28. Okay. Huh. How, how many do, and that's all great. So that's 2020 and, sure, you know, sure. freshman software. Still a big yeah, number. St. John, yeah. St. John Basto, 35. I mean, you, you talking about. That gets your attention. Yeah. You've done this? And, and so. When you get to that point uh, where, and when I'm saying D1, I'm thinking I'm also including the guys that are kind of that that 
lower Division One and that one AA. Still, that's a good football player out there. (laughs) Scholarship college athletes, right? Right. And so, uh, a lot of really good talent. So I, I again, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for modern day because of some of the intangibles. I think the sack number is is a remarkable difference. The ability to to put pressure on on uh, DJ, who is young, and, and he hasn't made a lot of mistakes. He's only I think got two picks uh, in his time as as the starter, and so it, it's just going to be a fun game and uh, is, just I'll, one I'll to go this. watch. The, the 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 one that jumped out to me when you were given those stats is uh, was the passing yardage. Um, yeah. You know, JT Daniel speaks for himself, and you know he's putting up everything he's putting up with that receiving core. And then you think of Bosco, and you think, well, they had a quarterback change and this and that, but but yet the stats were pretty even. So yeah. that uh, a little bit unexpected, to be honest. Well, and the other thing you look at, so you think modern day, and you think of all of those elite receivers. Uh-huh. Well, what you don't, you know, maybe if you haven't watched St. John Bosco enough. They've got about as many guys catching balls, uh, you know, with the addition of some of the guys that transferred in, like Cooley uh, and, and some of those other guys. So it's a tremendously talented, athletic group on both sides uh, and, and, you know, former possible NFL guys and, and a whole bunch of guys that are playing on Saturday, including at, at the two local schools. So, right. I, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to go modern day. You talked about the revenge factor and everything. Last year when modern day beat them in the regular season, it was like modern day was still trying to get over that hump. Um, And, yeah, they beat them in the regular season, but it got to the championship game. We saw what Bosco did to them. This year I sensed a whole different element in modern day. Um, You're not going to get us this year, Bosco. Is is the just the, the feeling I had watching them in that game, and I'm gonna I'm having it going into Saturday. Uh, I, I am picking Modern Day on, on this one. And here's a question someone posed to me yesterday. Uh, we, we we saw one legendary uh, Orange County coach go out last weekend, and Bob Johnson for his final game. If Modern Day wins and goes on and wins the state title and is the national championship, does our good friend Rollo uh, choose this time to say, you know what? Let's call let's wrap that in a bow and call that a career. You know, I, I, never say never, or you know. I, I, but it's funny because he and I talked about that recently. I was a couple weeks ago, and I asked him about it. He goes, "Why? I, it's, I've got the greatest gig in the world, you know." And and uh, I, I don't know if he made the joke about it. His wife wouldn't know what to do if he came home. So I, the uh, you never know. And the, you know, those old guys, they don't ever give you the the real answer, but. Uh, he has a great setup. He loves it still. Uh, yeah. I think the thing that, that he may like less is probably all the summer stuff right. that they now have to do, especially wanting to keep them all in the 7-on-7 and keep them all together. And so is that wearing on them? You know, who knows? But uh, but I'll, I'll, say this, I'll also say this, Randy, for him. Kudos to you, Rollo, for adjusting to it. Yeah. Um, the realities of current day high school football, but Bosco had them for several years. Bosco figured it out, yeah. And Rollo adjusted and has now figured it out for for his end. <laughs> yeah, no question. And and you sit in his office and you talk to him and you look around the room and all the things that that he's done, his program has done. You you the 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 
ideas that come out of his head and the, the way he practices. Uh, I really love their tempo. Uh, and so, you know, that is just such a, uh, wonderful program and, and a great place to learn, uh, as young coaches. And I talked to some of his assistant coaches who are really sharp. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got a young DB coach who's really, really good and, and will be a college guy pretty soon. Uh, and, and Bosco's not that much different. You know, I, I know, uh, uh, Jason Negro is a little bit, uh, younger, obviously has less years, but you go sit in his office and, and he's got a really great setup and he's got a recruiting guy and a nice young lady that does a lot of their stuff with academics and, and he's got ideas coming out all over the place and he's, Kids like to be around them and, and, you know, two different reasons, you know, the young, aggressive, fun, a little closer to the kids and, and Rollo, who's the, the old veteran that, that, uh, with the same unis and, and just going about the business that, that all of those great players that came through modern day experienced. And so, you know, kids respond to those things in different ways and, and, uh, and they both are really, really talented. And I, I know you've mentioned this before, but there there aren't too many things better for guys like us than uh, going down to Rollo, Rollo's office and sitting down with him and just talking about his team and talking football. Uh, that, that's a whole lot of fun for people like you and I. Yeah, no question. And 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 he's a guy, you know, life experiences and everything. You you can get in a discussion about uh, about a lot of things with him, and uh, whether it's you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, world war or war history or this or whatever the heck it is. And, and, uh, so all of that stuff is, is fun and, and, uh, talk about players that he had in the past and who he liked and what he liked about them. All that stuff is great. But, but in the end, he's a football coach. I remember one time, uh, his team had got knocked out in the playoffs. And so, uh, when I was at Fox, we were televising the, the CIF title game. So we had him on board as a pregame analyst and halftime analyst. So he was down there on the field and he did his pregame stuff. And we're standing there on the sideline and they're getting ready for the opening kickoff. And you'll appreciate it. What, what is he doing? He starts counting the guys on kickoff coverage. Mm-hmm. A coach yeah. can't help himself. That's not even his team out there. Right. And he's making sure there's 11 out there on the field. Yeah. It, it really is. It, all of that stuff becomes habit. And I, I, it's funny, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm sitting on a game, at a game watching players and I, and I count the, off the kickoff team or whatever end of the field I'm on. It's just kind of a weird thing, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's his life and, uh, if you love it, if you still love it, why do anything else? This game is, uh, I'm, I'm glad it ended up being this game. Uh, I'm yeah. glad it ended up being these two teams here in the finals should be a lot of fun. So. Appreciate it as always, Randy. Um, we, we will talk next week, and we will know if the Trojans uh, are Pac-12 champions, and we will know what bowl game they were going to on that point. So uh, we will pick it up next week. Let's have a good one this yeah. week. Sounds like fun. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Gary. Bye-bye.